Gotcha. Well, thanks for coming. We really, I think, it seems like we were always excited for the episode, which I think is still a good sign, but we really get excited selfishly about learning. And I think that's at the base of why we're doing this. Um, yeah, learning and then hopefully like passing it on. Because a lot, I think we did one audience. episode on yeah. short-term rentals because yeah. we both have right. them. And it was interesting the amount of people that were like, hey, I really liked your uh, Airbnb yeah. episode. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Tell us more. Well, guess what? We've got <laughs> we've got the expert coming on in a few weeks. So It's pretty pretty hot topic. Yeah, for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but thank you for your time. Yes, Seriously. Yes, of course. It's good to have you. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be efficient. We'll stick to That's it. That's great. <laughs> I am traveling today, so I'm like... If, yeah. Oh, where are you going? Um, we're launching a new service. So Ooh. we're doing... Um, we're starting to do like assisting high level luxury properties with um we're we're gonna travel and mm. set up their listing bring our photographer do like a, a little zhuzh design situation not mm. a full design so um cool. i'm taking my team to state college pennsylvania today oh okay gonna be there for a few days and we're doing like a 1800s 2000 square foot guest house Whoa. so yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Is How it many associated are... with like a, a bigger property or is it like it a is. private property? Yes. Okay, it, yeah. It's um it was a, a trusted property. It's like twenty acres. It's got an Olympic sized pool. Like it's it's very, very, very rustic. It reminds mm-hmm. me of like, I don't know, like a wintergreen property that mm-hmm. I've done before. So mm-hmm. the bones are really cool. It's gonna be just like a lot of home goods and yeah. It's a, it's a rug throw pillow <laughs> yeah. project mm-hmm. and then like that's nice that's an easy yeah. easy one yeah and then my superpower is my photographer so she's traveling with me too awesome yeah so that's fun. awesome it's gonna be good going outside the state will this be the first one outside Virginia it's our first, yeah we are not managing it we're not yeah. I don't do remote management okay uh, we pulled out that's actually part <clears throat> of our trip to the Georgias next week is that. Um, we recently sold our Cape Charles property management company. Oh, okay. So wow. this is kind of like our treat ourselves trip. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool, I read cool. that you had that, and I remember thinking, man, that's interesting to have, because that's not a short trip. That's not even just Virginia Beach. That's like you're going over a major bridge, and it's mm-hmm. far away. <laughs> it was. Maybe we can get into it. Yeah. If yeah. you're willing to share. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I'll share anything. Cool. Awesome. Um, Daniel, I wanted to know how's Baker's Box going. Yeah, thanks for asking. We're in our second week. We just shipped 30, 32 boxes to all 32 sections boxes of the nation. is insane for your second week. I mean, this is also really like your first week, right? Mm-hmm. This Last is our first full sorta. our first full week. Yeah. That we weren't se- um sending them out to friends for promo. So this was 30 orders, which is great, is Dude, great, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to grow it too fast because we'll outpace our logistical and storage space. But we just did, um, yeah, we just launched the Baker's Box. So from the bakery, we do mail order pastries, mm-hmm. uh, frozen pastries. So you would proof and bake them at your home. But which... it's so fun because you feel like you know what you're doing. Because <laughs> you just this like this uh, vac packed sheet of six little croissants comes and you just follow the instructions like qr code and jill's done a couple rounds of these croissants and it's like our farm manager bailey and i were eating them and he goes this is better than season's yield yeah <laughs> which i think is a great because we've never had them yeah because because yeah. you don't get them literally we, had, we were having them right mm-hmm. out of the oven it was so good like a fresh croissant minutes out of the oven is 
Noted. Yeah. yeah. So really Gotta excited about that. And I think we're learning the new e-commerce space is new for us. We've always been, uh, you know, D to C, face to face. And now we're, now we're not. So how do we best portray our brand? And um, feels like a nut we have to crack. And it feels very dependent on social media too to just propagate sales. And so we're learning learning some things. But we're really thankful for week two. Yeah, that's a killer week two. We'll, yeah. we'll have to keep checking in and see how it's going. All right. Can I give you my little nugget to start? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a great book called Titan by about John D. Rockefeller. It's a 700-page monstrosity. But one of, the great, one of the great takeaways that has just kind of stuck with me at a perfect time in our business is this fella who became, he, to this day, is arguably the richest American that's ever lived. And he was an, just a business magnate from oil. He got his money all through oil. But he, would, he was religious and exacting in his accounting and in procedure. And there's a story about him visiting um, the factory where they were making the wooden casks to hold the oil, to transport it. So wooden casts wrapped with steel um, as the band to hold the cast together. And he was watching them weld the metal on the cast, and he's counting. And they'd use 40, I don't know the right terminology, but 40 beads to weld the cast. Like tack welds or something, yeah. And he asked the manager you know, of the operation, he said, have you... You tried using less than forty. The manager said, "No, you know, forty is the minimum." He said, uh, "So John said, try, try thirty-eight. So he tried thirty-eight, and the cask fell apart, supposedly. And uh, he said, "Try thirty-nine. And they tried thirty-nine, and the the wooden cask held. So they dropped from forty little tack welds to thirty-nine, and you know it saved over the you know millions and millions of barrels they did. It saved you know." a certain amount of money. I don't know if it was much, but for him, he was, he did this in every area of his business. So Andrew and I, as we were packing boxes yesterday, we were looking at what's the bare minimum of packing tape that we can use on every (laughs) box. But I've started to think that way for our business. That's really important because we do the same thing so many times. Mm -hmm. And um, the cost of goods sold comes down to things like um, bags, packaging, tape, stickers, and how we can do the same quality with little tweaks, I think are really going to help our business. But if it worked for the richest American that's ever lived, I yeah, think it seems like it's some good takeaways. <laughs> and it doesn't mean it's not to be confused with micromanaging the operation. It just, it, that's different. This is just a, a hyper sense of attention to detail. So... That really hit me in the right spot this week, so I've been thinking a lot about that. That is not my my default is to be very flippant mm. with expenditures, mm-hmm. which you and I were just talking about. Yeah, this, so. it's a good tension to like wrestle in of not wanting to like. I think the mindset I'll go to can be like, I don't want to hold on to these things too tightly. Like, hold it loosely. If this needs, if the business needs it, then mm-hmm. get it. You know. And then, so there's that side of it. And then there's a side of it of like, well, what do we really need? Mm-hmm. Are we really slowing down and saying, and asking ourselves that question? Or are we just saying like, 
you know, buy that thing to fix this problem, buy that thing to buy, subscribe to this to fix this mm-hmm. issue. So I'm in the same, uh, a little, I don't know if it's January, you know, that, that did it to me, but same thing of like, I've got rid of all these subscriptions <laughs> in the business. I've, I'm realizing like I had all these random subscriptions that we used at one time that have just kind of hung mm-hmm. on that we use occasionally now and mm-hmm. just kind of culled a few of those out. I, it's kind of like the one tech world. I don't think it's going to, you know, drastically increase our profitability, but I like the mindset of like, okay, where else can I zoom in a little mm-hmm. um, and kind of stay in that tension of like not trying to get micromanaging, mm-hmm. but. I actually want like an entire position literally just for that. Mm, to examine the business yes. and yeah. Yeah. To be yeah. like, what are you doing? <clears throat> yeah. I, I also am very flippant in that way. Mm-hmm. Feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to the end of the year and you're like, dang, we spent that much on you know, plugins. Okay. Didn't think I needed those that bad. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. We're uh, honored to have a true short-term rental expert with us today. And, um, I'll, I'll let you tell us a lot more about what you're doing right now and, um, where your business is headed. But I wanted to tell you, I found out about you through, um, a couple friends with your CNBC millennial money thing. They like emailed me like, have you heard of this girl? Like you should talk to her. Like another guy emailed me like, dude, this girl's killing it. You got to have her on the podcast. <laughs> I've watched your CNBC thing. So that was super fascinating. That's one way um, for those listening to learn more about uh, Be Still Getaways, which is Jamie's um, at Jamie's business. And I wanted to start just by asking you a little bit about the millennial money thing. So what was your, I, I saw that there's like, you can apply to do it. So what was your like goal going into it? And, and what did you, what do you feel you've gotten out of it now, if Ooh. anything? Do you mean like applying to be on the CNBC feature? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's what you did, but yeah. I've seen that that's something you can do. Sure. Uh, so I didn't apply, which was awesome. Um, one of the, I have like several pivotal moments throughout Be Still Getaways that have been absolutely critical for us just kind of spreading like wildfire. So, and one of them was, you know, when, when you reach a certain point in property management, it's deciding, okay, like, what am I doing? Am I going to be an Airbnb or am I going to be a vacation rental brand? Mm-hmm. So last year, maybe like a year and a half ago at this point, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I was like, okay. I don't want to be like an Airbnb business. I want to be, I I want to be a leader in the vacation rental business. So I invested in a new property management system. It was costly. I was using like a pretty cheap system at the time. You know, it was not a lot of money for the subscription every month. And um, I actually was managing one property that was one of my OG properties that was using Avivo, which is the property management system that I use. Hmm. So I started talking with their marketing department, getting quotes, you know, we hold, we currently have 127 doors, which is a lot of doors to put Mm -hmm. on a costly subscription. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I made the decision. I was like, look, we got to dive in. Like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. So we invested in a Vivo, which was fantastic. Like, obviously, if you're using a property management system, they're very volatile. It's hard. Like, you probably have frustrations with the one that you use. And um, yes. <laughs> finding, yeah, everyone does. It's yeah. like, it's it's impossible to find one that does everything. Um, what I will say about ours is that I feel that our support team is literally on the Be Still Getaways team. We communicate with them hmm. daily. And so one of the biggest gifts that Avivo gave me, 
as I'm assuming we are one of their largest <laughs> clients. Yeah. I don't want to assume, but um, yeah. I give them a lot of money every yeah, month. Yeah. Um, but uh, their CEO reached out to me. They are based in the UK. And so she is like such a boss. She's amazing. She reached out to me and she was like, hey, I just want to like have a Zoom call with you and like meet you. I see you growing. Like you're on my radar. So I met with her and she was like, I'm going to connect you uh, with our VP of PR. And I was like, okay. She was cool. like, I don't want to like make any promises, but um, he recently got a host in California into Forbes magazine. And I was like, oh, it's okay. Um, so she connected me with Jimmy immediately. He's based out of New York City. And him and I, that was the first of many meetings that Jimmy and I had. So he was like, hey, want to let you know, I just pitched you to CNBC. They want to talk to you. <laughs> so Jimmy and like, I mean, Avivo as a whole just opened, has opened so many doors for Be Still Getaways for like national and honestly international marketing. <laughs> so um, yeah, I didn't apply. Uh, I started meeting with, you know, the, the Make It series with CNBC uh, they came to my house, like we did a whole day together with filming and it was awesome. And then that really opened up. We ended up being later. I did not realize this at the time, but I also was on the CNBC, uh, like after hours. Hmm. I, I was on, I was on live television for CNBC oh, and I didn't know. I thought I was on a podcast and I'm like, just in the <laughs> Oh yeah. This room. is also on live TV. We should have told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm like waiting in this Zoom call and like the producer comes on. He's like, hey, Jamie, it's a commercial break right now. I just want to like get you all set. And I'm like watching and like the newscaster is like speaking. And I'm like, what? And then I start to like shake. I'm oh, like, my gosh. What? Is and I'm like texting my mom. I'm like, mom, 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 turn on the news. <laughs> turn on CNBC. Oh so, um, so why would they do that to you? Maybe they thought I, it'll I, keep her from getting nervous. We'll just spring it on her <laughs> seconds before. You know, it's part of what I've done just because PR has become, you know, a large part of my job now at this point is like, um, you know, I'll be frank. I don't always review that. I'm like, I that, there, mm -hmm. this is something I can talk about. Mm -hmm. Like, and, off the and cuff. I, yeah, yeah, off the cuff, like all day long. And so, you know, like, I, I guess I didn't do my due diligence and search exactly what the program was that I was going to be on. And I was like, oh, gosh. So that, I think, is, like, the most exciting thing that's happened. And, um, wow. like, it was, like, watching my email after, like, while I was live. It was like, so-and-so has subscribed to your website. So-and-so has subscribed. It was like, we got, like, 500 subscriptions within, oh, like, a minute. Awesome. It mm. was crazy. So... Um, yeah, I, I had no intention of being like, I'm going to apply and be on this. It was very much something that fell in my lap, but, um, has opened a lot of like fantastic doors for Be Still Getaway. So cool. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I guess I don't know exactly when it came out versus when I got the email from friends. Um, cause I don't really like watch the news or anything. Right. So yeah, it's, it's interesting how something like that can be a spark. So did that lead to you getting more properties or what was the, is there another side of the business beyond the door management that, that it helped you grow? Sure. Yeah. So, um, it's funny. I spoke about a lot of things in that interview, but you know, one goal that I have is like, I would, I would really like to write a book. Um, or, you know, there are like a lot of avenues yeah. that I would like to explore outside mm -hmm. of just like pure property management. And then, you know, the, the flip side of be still getaways is that, you know, my business partner, Sydney Robertson and I, um, we own carriage house, mm -hmm. which is the acquisition side of things for be still getaways. So she does the bulk of our acquisitions. Um, and you know, so basically what that means is 
she identifies properties and then she sends them to people. And it, it used to be that I was having to do a lot of the projections, but now Sydney is like all over it. And um, so, you know, she does the heavy lifting on her, her side of being like, oh man, there's this like great fixer upper motel in Afton. I'm going to send it to this investor. Like, this is what we think it can make, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and then from there, you know, after, after it closes, it gets handed to be still getaways and we carry it to the finish line. So um, that has... I mean, that was already pretty popular prior to yeah. the CNBC situation, but we've gotten a lot more out-of-state developers getting in touch with Beastel Getaways and Carriage mm. House now as a yeah. result, which is cool. And then, you know, naturally, we've I've gotten 500 emails from different people just being like, we heard you want to write a book. Do you want to work with it? Like, yeah. obviously, at a cost. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's good to just know, like, what's out there and... Mm what that avenue looks like so that's super cool can you can you explain two things one kind of the origin story of be still and the structure so you've mentioned a few things but just for the audience to better sure. comprehend how, how everything's set up sure sure like team structure structure and the carriage house kind oh, of yeah, delineate absolutely. carriage house from absolutely. be still getaways yeah so um i'm from the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, I went to James Madison University for my undergrad, and then uh, I moved to Boone, North Carolina, where I did my master's degree, and I have a master's in clinical exercise physiology. Good, good. so useful <laughs> in this line of work. Um, and yeah, I just, I had a baby, and I, I didn't think my husband and I would ever leave Boone. We just <laughs> thought we would live there for forever, and it's still a very special place for us. We try to get there quarterly. Um, and I just, I had a baby and working a nine to five, working for the state in higher education, just, it's not how I pictured my life. It was, you know, picking up my son from daycare. I was like, this is just, this does not settle right in my soul. So, you know, I had friends that were getting into real estate in Boone at that time. They were like, they had just purchased this tiny house for like $40,000. They flipped it. It's like 600 square feet. And it is like, killing it in the short-term rental market to this day they got in like so early before mm. sdrs just like popped so you know i remember like looking back in my therapy notebooks it's like when we decided we were going to leave boone quickly um i had written like what's my next chapter mm. airbnb host question mark and it's so <laughs> funny to look back on that because uh, we ended up moving to Scottsville, Virginia. We bought a, like a mini farm um, and we got into like, you know, the farm animal game, like during the pandemic and all that. And my neighbors, they had a, a merino sheep farm and they had this killer barn. And I, I don't know why I was in there. You know, we'd been connecting with them and I think they were just telling me like, oh, we have this like luxury apartment over our barn. It's just empty. And they're like, go in it sometime. So I went in and I was like, this is so you would not expect this it mm -hmm. just was like really beautifully done and that's when i was like i'm going to pitch to them that i'm going to furnish this unit i'm going to do an airbnb out of it i'm like researching management companies i'm like what does one make in commission off of <laughs> like short-term rental yeah. management <laughs> like i have no idea um and so i told him i was like look i'll furnish your barn for two thousand dollars which is really funny because now i buy bed frames that cost you yeah that's pretty that's a pretty thin uh <laughs> budget right there and like my husband and i i would just send him all over the state of virginia i remember i like sent him to richmond to get a mattress that i found <laughs> on marketplace like it was so crazy um and that's when i was like okay um i'm an enneagram three like that's important to know so i when i want to do things i 
I, I do it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I dive in. So I was like, this is not going to be a one-off. I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I, I want to do this. I want to make a management company. Did you so, think that before you had your first booking? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was wow. the first time I walked in the barn. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, hmm. This is going to be my thing. Like, And I was still working contracted so cool. in higher ed. So I was, I was home with my son and, um, you know, just kind of like itching for something more like that entrepreneurship. So... Um, yeah, I had a former student who's a graphic designer. I got with him. I started brainstorming. I was like, here's my idea. Like, I really want this concept of like, you know, we're all so plugged in and we are so just available 24-7. And for me, even in this industry now, which is why I have to get away frequently, it's really the only time that I feel that I can like go on Do Not Disturb where I can be unavailable and be like, I'm out of town. Somebody else handle it. And I was like, and I just want other people to embrace that concept when they're when they're in my spaces. I want it to be, you know, the concept of being still and being present and just like just being here and soaking up the time with, you know, your family and whoever you're with. And that's kind of where the entire branding of, of Be Still Getaways was born. And then, you know, I get a lot of questions about like, why like the hand? Like, what's with your logo? And we worked through a lot of different concepts of our design, but I just was like, I want it to just feel really like, hand curated like everything here was selected just for them and this whole idea of like handing someone a key which you know is one thing i love about the georges is mm-hmm. you know the physical mm-hmm. key mm-hmm. and i just i really wanted that to come through as well just like these these really organic aspects of of our branding so that's how be still getaways w- was born um i'm carrying the same website and the same logo that i did you know mm. when i first created the company mm-hmm three and a half years ago almost four years ago so um be still getaways is the management and design aspect of you know short-term rentals this is where uh, an investor comes in or a property owner comes in at the ground level and is like hey i have this unit it is unfinished does are, are like are you scared about this and we're like no this is great hand it to me like this we have the contractors we have the people this is our design this is what we envision here's what it costs are you in and they're like yes i just don't want to be involved hmm. so what we do is is a really hands-off experience for our property owners um intentionally so for us to do what we need to do that's that's kind of what it needs to look like so yeah that makes sense yeah so from there it was probably like maybe into year one of business uh sydney contacted me from loring woodruff real estate in charlottesville and she was like who are you she's like i feel like i need to, we need know, to know you <laughs> and i was like okay let's do it so we got together and um she was like i have a lot of buyers wanting to push into, you know, this, this STR space, but you know, I don't have the, the, the people to refer them to, to make it happen. Cause they don't want to do it. Mm. So that's when we were like, should we put an LLC on this? So we did, we became carriage house. And so carriage house is, we just really wanted it to be this one-stop shop that an investor can come to. And we work with a lot of out-of-state investors where they can come and be like, I have some money. I want to purchase a property. Show me what to buy. And then like from there, just Mm. take it to the finish line and then run it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we do the design, we do the management, we do everything in house. And then after the property is ready, we list it. And then we do the entire full service operations from there. Mm. So, you know, be still getaways. It's not nestled in carriage house. They're two very separate entities. And like, you know, a a portion of Sydney's real estate clients are Carriage House and a portion of of my management clients are Carriage House. But obviously we're also running two very separate operations as well. So it just is kind of 
it's a marketing tool more mm -hmm. than anything mm -hmm. to get someone, you know, into the space to purchase and then outfit an STR into the management space. So the carriage house acquires or helps people acquire and then builds out their short-term rental and then hands it over to be still is that like contractually you have to it has to go through that pipeline no they could I, be no. like thanks for the remodel you know we're gonna right 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 yeah no i would never do a remodel or an outfit for a property that i don't manage so they do mm -hmm. need to sign and say we do have the intent that be still getaways is going to manage our unit um i have done that one time before uh and it just made me very sad to put my brand all over something that um, and then be like here you go yeah to be like here <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah, that I quickly decided that's not something that we do. It's it's full service or nothing. We do no a la carte. It is gotcha. It's an all or nothing situation. Man, that sounds super fun. It sounds like as I'm envisioning it, it could totally be a TV show because it's like fixer upper, but endless supplies, and you don't have to deal with different personalities every time. You know, like there's, I mean, I guess you do with the owners, but. Mainly, it's like Jamie and her team coming into this space. And is there is there inklings of that? <laughs> I don't know. We'll <laughs> okay, cool. We'll have to see what happens. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What's yeah, the, that, uh... that would be great. I've I've had um, so with the wedding venue right there's. I feel like this is just my anecdote, so no numbers behind this. But I feel like short term rentals are like the thing. Whereas like wedding venues were kind of the thing, yeah. you know, five years ago, maybe. And then, and then the pandemic and everyone's like, oh, gosh, thank God I didn't start that wedding venue or whatever. Um, but all that to say, I, I was like, I've been approached a couple of times from show scout people, you know, just first first conversation stuff right. of them like, hey, so do you think you could do a show around, you know, starting a wedding venue or helping someone start a wedding venue? And it's like, yeah, but it's not. It's such a big investment. It's generally a pretty long project. You know, so a lot of times you have owners that don't want to be involved at all. You know, it's there's so many pieces to it. And not that there isn't to a short-term rental, but like redoing a guest house is a little bit of a rinse and repeatable win that you can do right. to a certain extent. Obviously, there's lots of variables, but that just seems so much more show-worthy to me. And it's totally on the... <laughs> The swing. Again, anecdotal, but I really feel like it is. Um, so that's exciting. Well, you know, <laughs> just keep us in mind when you do, when you do the show for uh, Baked Goods and uh, yes, totally Worthless banter. Yes, I totally will. Um, what's, the, what's the size of your team now? And it went from zero to 60 real quick. Yeah. Three and a half years is not a long time to get to 120 properties. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So when we started, I was everything. I was the turnover staff. I was the co-host. I was the designer. I was everything. And, um, that was not sustainable. I was on like a fast track to crashing and burning because like just being 24 seven on, like, especially when you have a family and when you have small children is very, very exhausting and just like hard to always be like, ah, hold on. I need mm -hmm. to check my phone. It just, I was like, I, this is not sustainable. And you still had your full-time job, right? Yeah, I did. For several. Yeah, that, that really gets me. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah, Children, was... full-time <laughs> job, and round-the-clock needs yeah. with a mm -hmm. side hustle. Yeah, yeah, I was, like, truly unwell. So, <laughs> like, all of that, and I felt like I had an alter ego when I was in my higher-ed job working at UVA. I was like, 
everyone would always say to me, they were like, do your supervisors know that you have a literal entire empire outside <laughs> of your job? I was like, no, I would never like Don't tell disclose them. that. <laughs> yeah. But it was funny because, you know, the second that I left UVA, um, I have a friend that's in a doctoral program there and, you know, they send out like a news thing every morning and, and Vista, the CNBC article is like the first thing on the UVA page. And I was like, well, I know <laughs> Discovered, now. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so our team, it was small. I was just contracting like 1099 turnover staff in the beginning. Um, and now we have uh, 10 W-2 employees that work full time. Um, and then we have about 80 contractors that work pretty much exclusively with Beastel Getaways on our turnover <laughs> staff, assisting with various other operations. Like cleaning, yep. the remodels, yep. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think one of like the biggest pieces of Beastel Getaways, and I've said this on, on so many different things, but I think one of the things that makes our team so unique and gets us so much buy-in from our turnover staff is that we pull them into the outfit process. We're like, all right, we've got like... 900 pieces of furniture that need assembled we got a million spaces that need deep clean um we're scheduling like 10 people for the next two weeks to come in and just like be in in the project like help mm -hmm. us get it ready and that just instills so much buy-in with our team to be like wow we were a part of this like i put that bed together like they love it and it's mm -hmm. exciting it is truly exciting to watch a space unfold like yeah i mean it's the best part of this industry. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's always been really important to me is like our our turnover staff and the operations aspect of Be Still Getaways is truly the heartbeat of of this industry. I mean, we're only as good as like our worst clean. So, mm -hmm. you know, just how do you get your team as involved as possible and to make them understand that it it is so important what the client's first look is when they come into a unit. Can you, could you talk about your, I'm just curious about transitions because in a lot of the audiences too, we have a lot of entrepreneurs who have seed ideas and it just doesn't have a lot of runway to it. And Hey, when, when do we make the jump? Yeah. And, or folks that are in that place that you were just mm -hmm. describing where they're doing their full-time thing, they're doing their part-time thing and it's, it's enough that they could leave, but they're like uh do i leave the safety net of sure yeah i mean there's always going to be a risk i feel it like i feel that creep sometimes it's like uh running payroll is always a big trigger for me where i'm like mm. <gasps> so many people's livelihoods are in my hands and um i'm like what if it all just went away what if this happened what if an ordinance changed what if and like i definitely have that creep i think every entrepreneur probably does sometimes and just being like what am I doing? What? Like, wow. Especially now, like my husband also is a salaried employee of Be Still Getaways now. And I'm like, literally every egg we have is in the Be Still Getaways basket. Mm. Um, and that is very exciting and thrilling. And it makes me very proud. But like just knowing that if you're an entrepreneur, like it's a risk. And there are many risks that you are going to have to take and they should be calculated and it should be like a smart move that you're making. Um, but like it's never going to feel really good like, <laughs> I am going to like jump out of this thing that's very safe and mm -hmm. consistent uh, to to be full-time and the thing that I created that I just hope keeps growing so that I can keep getting paid mm -hmm. um, do you think so, you'll ever lose that sense of concern is there a certain size or do you think that'll always linger 
Um, I, I think it's hard. Like, I think this space is hard. And I think thinking about what we were talking about earlier and just being like, where am I spending money? How can I be saving money? But just knowing like this operation, short-term rentals in general, takes so many people to mm -hmm. be successful. And I think that's the part where a lot of hosts who are wanting to scale in this industry get caught up on. They're like, I am burnt out. I'm doing everything. I'm working 24-7 and I just don't have enough money to hire more people. And it's like, truly, how you make money in this industry is is scaling. Either, you know, you have very luxury rentals, but if you're sitting here on, you know, 30 rentals that are making 99 bucks a night, that's a hard space to be able to scale in, to be mm -hmm. like, and we need to salary two more employees at $60,000 a year or whatever, you know. Um, it's, it's challenging. So for me, uh, my team is always like, do you think we'll ever be in a space where we're just like, managing our properties and like we're not onboarding i'm like no never because this is such an ebb and flow industry like one thing that i know for certain is that nothing is permanent just because i have you know 10 boutique in contracts right now in one year when our contracts expire i could have zero <laughs> like it's just there is no sense of permanency and that is okay that is exciting i am okay with that we are very good at boutique inns and you know i i feel confident in, in our skill and our expertise in that area. Um, but just knowing again, nothing's permanent. And, you know, we've got a lot of people on our team that need to bring home a paycheck. So hmm. this is not a worry that I have all the time. I used to a lot more, but now, you know, it's always in, in the back of my mind. I think, uh, one of the biggest things that gives me purpose in this job is the ability to take care of my team and, you know, to provide livelihoods for so many different people is, um, it just like, it gives me a good sense of purpose. So, yeah. So scaling, I, like, cause again, there's so many people I do mentorship also for, for short-term rental hosts. And I talk to all sorts of different hosts. Like I think my favorite type of person to mentor is the person with a property management company that comes to us and is like, I've got 30 properties. That is the sweet spot. I feel like 30 properties is your sweet spot of deciding what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Are you stabilizing? Do you want to stay with like a smaller portfolio or do you want to go gas bill, like, yeah. yeah, how do you want to do it? And so I, I think it was around that point when I, that's when I was like, I want to be a vacation rental brand. And it's hard too. Cause in this industry, you're like, who am I marketing to? Am I marketing to guests or am I marketing to property owners? Like which one do I want more and how do I do both? Because, you know, both are your client mm -hmm. and uh, both are incredibly important. And I think it takes a lot of time and energy to figure out how to do that effectively. So um, huge tipping point for us was picking a property management system that was expensive, but took us to the next level. And essentially what that means is whatever property management system you're using now, um, I just wanted it to be absolutely seamless and easy for me to opt in to a hundred different OTAs to just click a button and be like, yes, opt me in. I have created it here and now push me to booking.com, Expedia, Agoda, like everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, we're everywhere. I just wanted as much visibility as possible because more visibility, more occupancy, more money. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's a very financial lens and there is a lot of different hosts that I talk to that are like, well, we're really like particular with our client. I'm like, me too. But also what I see when I speak to a new client is, you know, this is what this revenue can get us every month. And this is what that means on an annual basis. And, um, and that's important to me. So. Yeah. yeah we use 
Logify right now. Yeah, I used to use Logify. And um, I think they're based in Europe or I'm not sure where, but I don't think they're based in the U.S. Just yeah. understanding a little bit them. of their like customer service, I think like they must be in a European or something. So anyway, it's good, but it is not great. And we've right. thought about other ones and I have not looked into a Vivo, but we will... We'll definitely be considering that because we're adding more um, units to Big Spring. And we've kind of, we almost changed at the beginning of this year, but then we're like, no, Logifies, it's, it's working. It's a, yeah, it's we painful have to, to change. Yeah, we don't know if we want to even, we thought like it'll be easier to do it when we only have two, you know, properties. But um, we decided not to. We, enough other things were changing. We we're like, let's just keep it. But anyway, I'm very excited to look into that because that is a huge pain point. Um, yes. I mean like even just simple, uh, and Jill's really our tech girl. So I'm probably, I probably should stop talking about this at some point, but, um, but just even the simple like syncing of calendars, like if somebody goes to book something on Expedia at the same time that somebody's trying to book the same door on the same date over on Airbnb or whatever, like having a, having a booking software that is r- truly real time. Cause so many are Absolute, not. And yes. then, and we've had. Luckily, it was um, the double booking was with a friend, but that's what happened. Two Oof. people booked at the exact same time on the same date. So we reached out to our friend and we're like, hey, because we reached Sorry. out first to Logify, like, how did this happen? And they're like, oh, well, there's a lag, you know, between. We're like, what? A lag? We can't have a lag. How is there a lag? It's <clears throat> 2023. Yes. There can't be lags. Yeah. 2024 now, but it happened in 2023. So, yeah, I. Uh, I that's I'm going to look into that because that mm. is so key. I think with the scaling piece. Having the right booking platform, I mean, you would. I would not want to scale with Logify. No offense, Logify. Absolutely, but yeah. No, no tricky. shade, Logify. I started with Logify. It was fantastic for a few units, but one hundred percent, like something just really, really robust. And then also, you know, we wanted it to be a really good user experience for our property owners as well. And being like, mm-hmm. we want you to have access to as many different reports as you can. Um, that was really important. So that was a that was one of the most pivotal decisions that I made in my business. And then, you know, sometimes you have to get clever again. I don't hear from a lot of hosts, which is interesting, um, that are, that are leveraging their turnover and operations team, the way that be still getaways is, um, very much like, you know, our, and, and it does make a difference to have your turnover team in house versus contracting with a company. Um, it gives us a little more of that ability to be like, you know, to allow them to have that ownership over our units. So, um, that, that has made a really big difference. That's definitely one of the best decisions that I've made for be still getaways, obviously also hiring just an absolutely outstanding operations manager that hires amazing people has also been one of just like the greatest things for us. Um, so you have all of your your cleaners for each property are in-house. They're your, you don't have a third party that you work we with. We don't use a third yeah. party, no. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about, We t- I mentioned earlier that I feel like Airbnbs are on the upswing or short-term rentals. And um, I want to know what you think, for because we have people that ask us about Airbnb stuff all the time. And we're like, you know, really, we're not, we have ours that we know work. Right. And um, and we're built. I'm building some more that I'm very confident are going to work. I'm curious with the range of properties you have, um, where do you feel like there's an opportunity right now or what is like exciting to you in terms of the types of properties mm, out there in the yeah. short term rental? Because you could do there's like like we have a house that's a kind of standard farmhouse right. that sleeps uh, 10 guests. There's four bedrooms. You know, it's a 
it's a big house. Then we have a cottage that's two king bedrooms, full kitchen, big living room, um, you know, so slightly smaller. And then now we're building slightly smaller again, more like cottage vibe. Yeah. Um, so that we'll have sort of three different ones. And I know you have the inns as well. So w- w- tell me more about what you think would be a, sure. a cool opportunity right now. Yeah. So obviously, number one, we get this question a lot. So, you know, if you're thinking about investing in the short term rental market, um, obviously do your due diligence, check on the ordinance of where you're looking to purchase, check on, you know, we use price labs, um, pull a market report, like how are units performing in your area? Do do your research to figure out, like, is this a good investment? Like what's what's the average daily rate for the units that are performing well around us? It's really important. So, you know, we're in a lot of different spaces uh, in the Shenandoah Valley all the way over to Charlottesville. Um, you know, we kind of serve like a, a 30 mile radius from Waynesboro, Virginia. Um, and each market is intensely different and holds a different average daily rate. Um, you know, we can kind of just spit off the top of our head what we expect, like, OK, yeah, two bedroom in Stanton is going to gross like 40K a year. Um, so kind of determining what do you what do you want to do what's your goal as an investor so for me uh the properties that are making me the most money right now that are becoming very very popular um you know we have some investors who have gotten into the game of purchasing tired bed and breakfasts uh that are outdated and to be quite frank i think that the people that are booking outdated bed and breakfasts are how do you say going away (laughs) 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 outdated themselves they're outdating themselves slowly but surely Um, so we have some investors who have moved into the space of purchasing them renovating them and then we have you know established this whole idea of operations for a self-check-in motel or boutique in experience uh which has gone really really well and um you know i we briefly talked about this earlier but the Georges here in Lexington was a huge piece for me, like from where like a lot of my hospitality ideas originated from. And so when we started the historic Berkeley place in downtown Stanton, I mean, the Georges was my entire inspiration. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to create something that doesn't exist in this market because you're right. Short term rentals are on the up and up. But, you know, a lot of communities are experiencing the saturation point of being mm-hmm. like, yeah, everyone, especially millennials that has any money to spend are like, I'm going to buy real estate and I'm going to make it a short term rental. Mm-hmm. And so I think one thing that's important to me to learn from investors that I work with is like, what do you want? Are you looking to live off of this? Do you want to split even? Is this purely like an equity purchase for you? Um, which that is very important to know for what kind of property you want to buy. Mm -hmm. So when I started the historic Berkeley place, and I'm mentioning this because this to me is one of the most exciting type of properties to purchase right now, if, if you have the budget for it, um, we have an investor who bought, you know, a really old historic home in the heart of downtown Stanton. And I was like, you know, what doesn't exist in Stanton, a super high end inn, a modern inn that is just beautiful where we can get $300, you know, average daily rate for a room, uh, which $300 a night on a room with no staff on site 
is pretty sweet. And you're mm -hmm. talking no kitchen. This is purely a room, a mm -hmm. beautiful upscale room. We have great amenities, you know, things that we're doing different. And our boutique ends is like, um, we have like an ice cream bar. So we have like a little, like a mini freezer. Like we do snack bars with like muffins and yogurt and granola, um, things that we're not necessarily doing in the short-term rental space. But when you're paying $300 a night and there's no staff on site, how do you make the value <laughs> really, really worth yeah. it? Um, so we're doing a lot of that right now, like a, like a lot. Um, we have five inns that are very upscale and that kind of style in the works to open before the end of 2024. Awesome. Um, and, you All know, in the Charlottesville. Charlottesville Stanton. to Stanton, yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we, we have a motel on 151 that is self-check-in and it's, it's called Base Camp 151 and that is very much, it's a base camp. It's people that are you know, working their way up and down Nelson 151. Um, and they're really just sleeping there. And we get such good feedback. They're like, this is such a good concept. Like, I just put in my door code. Obviously, we we spend a lot of money on really good softwares to be able to, you know, make this be a very seamless experience for mm -hmm. our guests. Uh, but but for me, you know, that's the most exciting thing to me right now is if, if you have the budget for building something out like that, there's a lot of money to be had in that space. We're seeing more and more of it as, you know, I, I would say that I would say that we're not at saturation point in any of the areas that I serve. However, I think Afton or like Nelson County is a great example. There are one million short term rentals and they are all gorgeous. Mm. So, you know, I've been talking with Emily, our project manager, and she does the bulk of our design. I'm like, we're really having to work, you know, we've always worked really hard in the design aspect of, of the homes that we work in, but we're, we're having to work even harder to be like, everything's beautiful. Mm -hmm. How do we make this one just like really different? How do we make this the one that like guests are going to click and they're going to book and they're going to keep coming back? So um, all of those things are, are really important to think about. I always say like, what do you want? Do you want, do you want high occupancy, low ADR? If that's the case, like, you know, the, the cottage industry is a great one to get into. Like mm -hmm. having these little communities of like buying little A-frame kits. But if you have land, put like five of them out there. Mm -hmm. Gold mine. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things like that. But otherwise, I'm like, just depends. Obviously, if, if you want to hire occupancy, a one to two bedroom unit is is the route to go. Like it's so easy for, for one couple or one individual to pick up on a Friday to be like, let's book something tonight. You know, that's, that's easy. You'll see so many last minute bookings just because that, that lead time for bookings is so low now in this day and mm -hmm. age. People just, you know, it's like you used to book things like a year in advance. Right. Like people don't do that anymore. They're like, want to go somewhere next week? Yeah. There's like a trillion Airbnbs. Like which one do you want to book? Right. Um, so I think it just, it's not simple. It, it should, you know, be something that requires a lot of looking at the data, deciding what you want as an investor. But I'm a Can boutique in kind of girl. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's super cool. I it also makes me think um, opportunity wise, like building is so expensive right now. I mean, yes. we're in you know we're in yes. that and uh, have been for several years. So it's interesting to think about the existing structures that you're talking about, like an old motel that needs a that could be this like super cool mm. retro vibes, yes. but like modern, you know, mm -hmm. oh, that would be, oh my that would gosh. be so fun. And there's so many of those kind of places that maybe an old couple owns that needs to retire, maybe yes. family inherited. And they're like, ah, oh, what are we going to do with that? You know, the old motel. <laughs> I know just driving from here to where we cut down our Christmas tree up on the Blue Ridge Parkway, there's like two just, I mean, they're rough, but two motels that could be, Jill, yes. Jill and I have talked about it. We drive by and we're like, 
that could be so cool if you just leaned into like neon sign yes. retro like yes Austin vibes oh my gosh or something. chills yeah. my favorite kind of project yeah. yeah amazing oh cool that's that's exciting can i ask you as you, your business has grown quickly you've mentioned design the management piece taking care of your employees where where do you find yourself spending the most of your time yeah. what do you still enjoy doing what do you think your greatest contribution to the the businesses sure. at this point. I was literally thinking about this yesterday when I left a property. I'm like, my main role is, well, I'm like also CFO. So I do a lot of, I spend a lot of my time doing admin, like contracts and money and all of those types of things and approvals, whatever, um, insurance, you name it. Um, but my biggest role is I am like the scouter. I am like the, I, I find the thing. I talk to the people. I'm like, I'm the first person that an investor or a property owner would talk to where I'm like, they come to me, we have this thing. I'm like, great. I want to come see, let me meet you. So I go scout it out. I would call myself the scout 100%. And, you know, I always bring my project manager. She comes with me. And from there we, we start to scheme. We're like, that sounds fun. Can this be the thing? Yeah. Yeah, so it's really beautiful. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm really, really involved in the project. Emily, like I said, Emily and I, the design process is, is extremely tedious. And, you know, what we do, it's not like we're going to Home Goods and being like, this is cute. Let's just buy it and see if it'll work. It's it's an extremely intentional process. Like, um, Emily and I will usually have a brainstorm session. And I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like whimsical pottery barn animals with like monocles on like a wallpaper wall like that's usually how the discussion starts and <laughs> I'm like you know like modern cabin and she's like okay okay like how's this for inspiration I'm like love it run with that so then she'll present like the canva boards to me and I'm like love 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 let's switch this out I'm thinking circular table not rectangle but that's usually what that looks like um, and then she creates the purchasing list we get the approval from the property owner um, and then we know like I think one of the biggest areas I've struggled in with des with design honestly like my whole life because I've always loved design is like that idea of purchasing something that you think is cute bringing it to your home and being like, oh, that just like didn't hit how I wanted it to. And so now understanding like, well, that's not efficient. We don't design like that. Like now we very intentionally design and we know exactly what a room is going to look like because we've planned it before mm -hmm. we came into the space. Um, so, you know, that's that's been really, really important for our process. So do y'all use a uh, certain like app for that? We just use Canva. Okay. Yeah, and we pay for it's a subscription. Yeah. We pay for it. Um, My wife and I use this um, thing called Foyer. Oh, I don't know Foyer. F O Y R, I think is how it's spelled. Anyway, we'll have to ask her about it. But it's so cool because you can she in a in a half a day's time she can take she can make a three D rendering of a yes. room and then you can put elements into the room like has a whole library where you can search you know, like pottery barn bed. Right. And then it's the exact bed to scale in the room. Windows where they're supposed to be. That's how we did our uh, farmhouse that we call Midland House. Yes. Each room yes. she made in foyer. And then we like decorated it with pieces. Some that we didn't, hadn't even found yet. And then we're like, okay, we need to find Something that, that table. looks like yeah. this. <laughs> that dresser 100%. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a big piece of scaling. If you are in the industry of also designing the units you manage is figuring out how to effectively do that. And that's, a conversation that we have with hosts a lot is like, listen, this, this has to be quick. Like the sooner you get mm -hmm. a unit on the market, the sooner everyone starts making money, the happier your property owner is. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's, 
really, really critical. Um, so yeah, again, my role, I'm the scouter. I'm very involved in the design process. I like to be there for the outfit day. Like I don't assemble furniture anymore, but I'm very much like put this here, hang the curtains at this height, like that kind of thing. And then, you know, we kind of package it up and we say, here you go, operations. Mm like be free it's yours now <laughs> so uh it's very like like a pass a pass off um you know and then we kind of keep tabs on it but you know I, I was in a unit this week that i was like man i haven't been here since i finished the design on it two years ago Whoa. and to walk in and be like but it looks exactly like the day i designed mm -hmm. it like and that's just such a testament to our team to be like man like, you guys are killing it with the staging. Like, when I can walk into a room and don't fight the urge to, like, karate chop one pillow or shift anything, that's, like, our team is, like, chef's kiss. Have Amazing. you been able to find um, people hiring-wise? That's something we love to ask people because we've mm -hmm. been blessed to find. I mean, I think I can take very little credit. It's literally, like, God's divine. Mm -hmm. Here, Here is somebody that is perfect for right now. Custom fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Amidst yeah. everybody else struggling for... Yeah, because we Labor. hear Daniel and I hear yeah. a lot from people. How do you find your people? You know. Yeah. Um, great question. So again, I have to like hats off to Heather, who's our operations manager, because she hires all of our turnover staff, and she just that's definitely one of her gifts. Like that's one of the areas of leadership that she truly excels in is finding really, really good people and setting expectations for our company. And uh, it's very rare that she has to let somebody go, but obviously it does happen in this industry. Um, mm. For me, uh, I don't have to hire that often. Like I'll say Heather is a great example, our operations manager. Um, she's been with me since like year one and cool. she's still with me. And then like- Were you all friends or did you put an um, ad out or- Yeah, so I've gotten like, I think I've hired almost every single person on my team from Instagram where I'm like, oh. hey, hiring. And then they'll email me their resume. Uh, and then like the rest is history. So um, yeah, so Heather, uh, she was my sister-in-law's best friend. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, our, turn our turnover staff is made up a lot of a lot of like nurses- previous nurses previous teachers who just are burnt out and looking for i mean it's a great gig it makes good money and um you know it's from 11 to 3 and then you can go back to your life it's very much mm -hmm. the kind of job where you're like and i'm done mm -hmm. and my work is being left here you don't have to email you really don't have to do anything it's it's a, a pretty beautiful job so question just thought of with yeah. when you mentioned 11 to 3 how do you do um on call um you know, for all of those properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Somebody has a question about the toilet or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have a pretty rigorous schedule, which it has been like such a game changer because I think something that everyone struggles with in the hospitality industry is like, how do you prevent burnout? How do you prevent people from leaving? One, it's really important to pay your people good money in this mm -hmm. industry if you are able. But that's that's been very important. Um but, you know, we, we have a schedule. So our head of hospitality, she works Monday through Friday pretty much from like 8 to 4. And she holds it down. She's the phone answer. She, you know, does all the guest communication. For I, all 120. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I do I do very little guest communication. But, um, yeah, that's a full-time job to mm -hmm. answer the phone and talk to people for 120 properties. Uh, like, that's just full-time. Yeah. So, and then we have a host who comes on at 5 o'clock. Uh, on the weekdays and then she handles things until about 10 p.m. and then we have a shifting calendar for the weekends we have like an on-call schedule and we just sign up for our days and that is my 
I, I, I love it and I hate it, but it's like my time where like I'm engaging with guests because I don't do that. It's not a part of my daily job, but um, I do take on-call weekends or, you know, we'll split them up by like, hey, I have like a baby shower that day. Can somebody be on call? It's definitely the easiest, especially as high season approaches where on any given Sunday we might have 90 turnovers. Mm. And so, you know, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but just kind of like easing that burden on your team to be like, don't do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, how about Jill does Friday? I'll do Saturday. Emily does Sunday. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's how we handle that. Having a schedule is important. That's where I can see, like, what you're saying about having 30 doors is kind of a tipping point because as I just imagined myself in your shoes, it almost seems like, it seems like it'd be so much better to have 120, like, or just have, like, five. You know, 30 to me seems tough because that's enough units that it's a that's a lot and it's also not enough that you can pass it the responsibilities yes. around to very many people so i can see how that's like either are you going to keep doing this like yeah hit the gas or do you want to scale back to maybe your your 10 best or something exactly um, and i was very much in the trenches of guest communication uh when i had 30 properties and that bogs you down and it does prevent you from being able to move forward when you can't like set that to someone else. And it's also a really critical part of, you know, the reputation of your business is like that customer service and how you communicate with guests and how it sets the tone for your company. So having the right person in that role is huge. Yeah. Daniel, did you have a question? I was curious about average booking rate and if you've had to, I'm not sure how it's structurally, but have you had to offload properties? What's a reasonable booking rate for the Valley? You know, sure, like uh, occupancy. Occupancy, yeah. Or like price. monthly, monthly occupancy rate. Sure. Um, I I never want to overpromise anything to a property owner, so I pretty much run every single number as a forty percent annual occupancy. I'm like, mm. run your performa at forty percent annual occupancy with the knowledge and the hope that like, you know, <laughs> It'll be you, you overperform and yeah, it, it's better. Um, you know, in terms of average daily rate, like, Oh my gosh, it just varies on what you're talking about. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll share with you that it's, it's very easy with like an inn or a motel in the Valley and along Afton to, you know, it, you, we, we almost grossed $300,000 on some of our properties for the 2023 year, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. If you consider like seven bedroom house, or seven bedroom in where it's like, and now we're doing mm -hmm. every single room separately. Now we have seven individual rooms versus like, yeah. here's a seven bedroom house for $500 a night or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about this because this is something I wrestle with. Um, as you've built your business and you're thinking about say the next few years, maybe the next five years, we'll mm -hmm. say, um, I have friends that have built these great businesses and they're very, and, and they sell them, right? And they're mm -hmm. very sellable. Mm -hmm. I don't have not built a business that I would that I envision ever selling. Um, and it's interesting, I guess, for me thinking about, you know, because we have the farm, we've got the venue, we've got short term rentals, we've got our the uh, neighborhood we've built across the road, which um, yeah, so we've got all these things that are just here that we're not we're not going anywhere, kind of thing. Um, but then I have one friend his family started a paving company in New Jersey and they still own it to this day. And like the, uh, my friend's a few years younger than me. He's like in his early thirties. He's on the board. His brother's on the board. 
his uncle and his dad, you know, they're all on the board. They're two cousins. Basically, all the guys in the family uh, are on this board for this paving company. And they have, like, a CEO. They have a CFO. They have – the whole thing is run by people they've hired. Mm. So, anyway, I don't know if that's the goal. I, I'm just wrestling with it. And I just wonder with what you built and are continuing to build, where do you see it going? Like, do you see it as, yeah, I could sell this portfolio in five years and – and peace um, out or do you see yourself going more into i guess yeah it's kind of a multifaceted question like do you do you own currently own properties and do you want to lean more into more equity and buying more properties yourself yeah where, where, where do you see that going? yeah great question um you know one thing i struggle with in this industry and my business partner sydney is very much like sit down we're talking about our five-year plan and i'm like i can't i just need to focus on like all of the things that I'm handling right now. So this is like a very challenging um, topic for me, and but but it's so good. Uh, I just, Be Still Getaways is like my baby. It would be very hard for me to sell her. Like it would, it would be painful and it would really need to be to the right person. And, you know, I've like listened to podcasts and like looked at things that like, well, how do you create a sellable contract? How do you make like, and, and I did that, you know, like my business partner and I recently sold Cape Charles escapes and that was very successful. And almost all of our property owners stayed with, with the new, with the new buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we still getaways is, is different. It's much more like curated. It's much more, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It, it, it's such a, a smooth operation and I would just need to make sure that our property owners feel 100% good about whoever was coming in. Um, I do envision a world where I hire a different CEO that's not me and where I just am kind of like very passive and like we have a different CEO and I'm not as involved in the day-to-day as I am now. That's certainly like a fairy tale that I envision in my head where then I can do, you know, you mentioned buying, um, Sydney and I are like really, I think, you know, well, we have two real estate goals. One is like, you know, Boone, North Carolina is a very special place to me and my husband. And so we have a 2024 goal to either like buy land, build, do something in Boone this year for our family, just because, you know, we have like our regular places in Boone that we visit um, that are very like inspiring to me as like hospitality companies. Um, The getaway in Blowing Rock, North Carolina is one of my inspo spots. Like if there was a place that that I could open like tomorrow to be like, this is the place, like we're investing all this money. It, it would be a unit like that. They're just like these beautiful townhomes, like in the heart of Blowing Rock, North Carolina, all in a unit. It's amazing. Shout out to them. Like, get away. I'm looking I get it up. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. It's such a good spot if you're staying in, in downtown Blowing Rock. It's our regular spot. So we're like, we got to buy a place here. So 2024 goal is that. And then Sydney and I are like, you know, we've already this year been looking at a lot of properties, like came close to making an offer on a place. We're like, what are we doing? We have some exciting goals for maybe like a potential brick and mortar thing that we want to do with carriage house, like kind of potentially, you know, I don't want to put all my cards on the table, but kind of we have this like pipe dream of maybe creating a brick and mortar store where, you know, we are having this, it's kind of like curated interiors of like not necessarily vintage but Mm -hmm. um sourcing really really unique things Mm -hmm. from you know places in the united states being able to like 
kind of go to these design fairs and creating a really unique inventory that also we can use to outfit our STRs, kind of making it like twofold. Yeah, and using stays in a in a rental and they're like, Oh, I love all of this. Exactly. We'll come to Exactly check it out. Exactly. And we have some really cool brand partnerships and you know, how can we like to go wholesale with that and maybe like sell that in our store? Because right now it's like, We loved the linen. Fantastic. Here's a promo code. Or being like, Our store's right around the corner, go pick you up a set before you leave. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so that's kind of like pipe dream, maybe that. But um, yeah, I, I know that <laughs> one thing is for certain, I cannot, uh, it is likely not sustainable for me to go at the rate in which I'm going. And, you know, we didn't really talk about this, but we had a really pivotal moment one year ago where I was like, I don't know what to do. I, I, and I was looking at selling. I was like, All right, I can't do this. I don't know how to make the structure of my team work for everyone to be happy, for everyone to not feel overworked, for everyone to make enough money and to keep scaling. Because I'm always, I'm kind of like the pusher where it's mm-hmm. like, I get a little nervous sometimes to tell Heather, my operations manager. I'm like, got a new property. <laughs> She's like, no. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's what that's what I like. And that's what I, I want to be bigger. I want to do more. Um, but, you know, it's been a lot of taking a step back and being like, slow down. Like you need to don't go so fast, hire more people. Um, and I think we're in a very stabilized place right now. I, it's like actually one of the things I'm most proud of is how we overcame that, broke it down through many, many tears, many, like I just, I felt it like I couldn't do it. Um, and we did it. We figured out, you know, uh, organizationally what works for, for our team. So. And that was just one year ago. One year ago. I was like, what is my company worth? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who wants to buy it? Um, so I think like what you said, everything at a price. Sure. If someone was like $10 million, I'd be like, sure. Like, hand me the contract today. Yeah, yeah. I totally would because then ultimately, and I mentioned this earlier, um, you know, the Georges is a huge source of, you know, um, hospitality inspiration for me. And I think like ultimately I would love while this whole idea of like not having staff at a front desk has worked really, really beautifully for us. Um, there is something magical about being in downtown Lexington and seeing, you know, the front desk staff walking around with champagne buckets, like mm-hmm. delivering that. I'm like that they are just... They're doing the most. The, mm-hmm. the the hospitality that they are offering is absolutely outstanding. I aspire to have it one day. And um, so, yeah, somebody wanted mm-hmm. to give me $10 million. Um, 10 mil seems to be the, That's the number of day. Uh, <laughs> the Georgia's 2.0 is opening down the road. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. We'll send people your way for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's like, I think it's interesting for any entrepreneur um, my brother gave me this book years ago, Built to Sell. Mm. And I remember thinking, like, I haven't built anything to sell. <laughs> All of this is built to own, basically. Right. Built to, to yeah, it's more like legacy, I guess, is the word yes, I, I go to. Yes, um, I think about that. I'm like, will my son one day have a role in B-Still Getaways, or will this be nothing then? Like, um, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It's an yeah. interesting thing to think about. Yeah. I, I think it's also okay it. not to know, too. There yeah. seems to be yes. a pressure to, like... What is it? Yeah. What's the five? It's I like, hey, we didn't know that this was going to be like this when we started four years ago. I can say the same. You could say mm-hmm. the same. And so we're just, it feels more adventuresome when you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's not an uncommon answer because um, we've asked several other guests about this kind of thing. It's funny that we've had at least one other, and maybe not on the pod, but other conversations with other folks where they're like, yeah, I actually did think about selling. 
mm. a year ago. Mm. And then I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And they scaled and kept going. And nice. they're so glad they did. So. Nice. And there seems to be an entrepreneurial pursuit where you're always thinking about yeah. the next thing. So the idea of vacating or leaving it all, almost this abandonment doesn't sit well yes. with a, the entrepreneur, especially if you built it. Yeah. Along that vein, we ask a question every podcast, which is more philosophical in nature. Everybody gives a different answer, but it, it deals with what's enough. And you've seen incredible success. You're talking about growing even more. You know, you're hungry for the next thing. That the serial entrepreneurship plagues us in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> but, Daniel and I. <laughs> yeah. But considering family, considering what you've built, this idea of more, this idea of balance, this idea of prior, all these things, how do you, Jamie, answer the question, what's enough? Sure. What's enough? What yeah. does that answer for you? 100%. Um, this is certainly enough. Um, I make enough money. I have enough, like, yeah, I'm able to employ my husband, which means, like, you know, my husband was, was previously an educator. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that he deeply disliked it. And it was hard. Like, it's hard to have a spouse who dislikes what they do so much. Um, and also to be, I truly cannot comprehend having a job anymore. I'm like, what if I had to go to an office mm. and just like <laughs> for bureaucratic reasons only, even if I'm done with all my work, I have mm. to be there until like four or five. I think people are done with work at like four o'clock now. I don't mm. know. Does anybody work until five o'clock? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, and so being able to provide that for my family and just being like, Kyle, you want to go with me to get Rory from school? I'm like, man, like we're doing it. Like I did it. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is enough for me. And I always wanted when Kyle came out of education, I, what I always pictured for our family. Cause I, I really like off season travel. I was like, you know, educators can really only vacation in the, in the summertime. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, and a really beautiful thing is that every single time I travel, it is, it is a research moment of being like, well, we're going to go check out this place. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, but I have lots of, is this a write off? <laughs> it's a write off. Um, <laughs> boutique hotels are my absolute favorite thing in the world it's challenging and expensive to travel now because i have very very high standards <laughs> where i want to stay uh but we just kind of you know work through a domestic bucket list for the most part so um this is certainly enough i've created a place where i'm not working 24 7 like i've created a staff that i'm like this is handled. Like I have hired absolutely outstanding people and like this is handled. I don't have to be involved in every single nitty gritty mm -hmm. detail. And, you know, I'm very much like, okay, Rory's home from school. I'm on do not disturb until he goes to bed. And then oftentimes that looks like getting my laptop back out and working more, but not always anymore. Like it just, things are very balanced right now. And again, we talked about the ebb and flow. So it's like, I'm very happy with the number in our portfolio. Mm -hmm. However, if I don't keep growing, that can change at any point. Mm -hmm. Like, and the thing about an investor is you talked about holding what you own. Um, we work with certain development groups that they believe that too. They're like, yes, uh, I am not selling. I am holding that. This is like generational wealth for my children. Like I am, I'm holding this for forever. And then we have development companies that are like, sure. Like what's the price? It's always for sale. Like it's mm -hmm. always for sale. And you know, when that's a big contract that's making you, you know, six figures every year, um, got to keep growing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's an ebb and flow. You lose 12 doors, you add 12 doors. That's mm -hmm. just kind of where we're at. So bottom line, this is very much so enough mm -hmm. right now. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Love it. Um, 
I wanted to ask you, you mentioned travel. Where, where is your favorite place you've stayed and what's, what's on your bucket list? Okay. Great question. Okay. So, um, I like to take a lot of like really quick weekend trips or like a Thursday, like anytime kids have a day off school, like, okay, let's go. Let's do like three day, three day weekend trip. Um, so various places that we've stopped in, I always have like a running list. Like my sister and I, we went to, um, Taylor Swift in Atlanta last April and we stopped in Chattanooga and I was like, Oh wait, Chattanooga is a vibe. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hold on, there's like an autograph collection here. I love an autograph collection. I was like, I need, let's just like go in. They have a juice bar. Let's like go do this. And I was like, okay, I'm staying here. So, you know, I think I mentioned like off season travel. So we booked a trip to, um, we're going to Santa Rosa, which I've never been to like 30A in Florida. Mm-hmm. I haven't done 30A before. I was literally going to say my, my, our favorite off season travel is 30A. Yes. I've never been in the Everyone summer, but that. I've just heard like, oh, it's a nightmare in the summer. I've heard that too. Traffic and everything, but off season, it's like, it's so much cheaper and hear. weather's good. And yeah. Yeah. So we're going the end of nice. April to like the early May. And I was like, okay, um, like we're going to drive because I want to go, t- I want to go to Chattanooga for a couple of days and stay at this, um, the Edmonds, oh, the autograph collection. Yeah. So it, it's a lot of places like that, like boutique hotels i also like you know some i obviously i'm a huge instagram scroller but i'm also like airbnb is just such a good job marketing all those like really <laughs> unique stays mm-hmm. now and just favoriting those and i'm always pitching something to my family like how about this like let's go here so um yeah the the georges uh i think hospitality wise i think the georges is one of my absolute favorite full service packages that i've ever booked in terms of like i just think they are doing such an amazing job with their portfolio now and like moving into the event sector as well but like the the breakfast like having a chef experience for breakfast i mean shout out to bill when he was at taps like everything mm. about the bill, is the, man. bill mm-hmm. is the man i know i'm so excited to go try out Harden soon but yeah um yeah i mean truly i I, I just think the Georges is such an outstanding gem right here. So close to where we live, which is yeah. also like, oh, I'm traveling 30 minutes away. <laughs> we, should get, we should get Ann Parker on the podcast. Yes. She'd be a good. You're my hero, Ann. Yeah, she'd um, be a good guest. So. She would be. Yeah. Um, you know, and lots of bucket list things. Like, uh, you know, my husband's a huge Liverpool fan. So we're like, okay. When Rory's like seven, that's when we're gonna do like our our big like Liverpool voyage. Oh, um, cool! So you know, things if you like go that. to England, if you haven't been before, but if you go to England, we I highly recommend the Cotswolds. Okay, it's right outside of London. It's this series of towns, but they are absolutely beautiful. They were all built when, um, when industrialization was just happening. And these are like the farming communities that were within reach of London where the wool mills would be. Cool. And so these sheep farmers and little towns like blew up and had, mm. were wealthy, you know, for the first times. And so you just get these, my wife Jill describes it as unfathomably quaint <laughs> towns that Ooh, are just we like so, that. you look at, you're like, is this real? Is this a uh, stage like setup? Book. Yeah. It's oh, so, I love that. it's like where the love holiday it. was filmed. You yes. Know, that, yeah. Yes. Anyway, um, definitely check out the Cotswolds if you're in England. Noted. Cool. Love it. Um, Daniel, did you have, you I've gave me exhausted that look. my, no, I, I mean, I have a lot of ankle biters, but <laughs> 
No, I'm, I have learned so much. Yeah. yeah, this has been great. I think this is a perfect, since we had that episode that was like kind of introducing how we do short-term rentals, this is a great sort of like, if you enjoyed that episode, you need to listen to this one because this puts a lot more, I think, meat on the bones. And, or just um, jump to this one. Yeah, you'll get some, some yeah. really good stuff from it. Yeah, well, we definitely are grateful for your time. I've learned a lot too. And um, yeah, we hope to have you back on again someday, yeah. maybe after you've launched the... Uh, the next empire. The next empire. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Where can people find you and what's what's shameless promo for you? Sure. You can find me at bestillgetaways.com or you can follow us on Instagram at bestillgetaways. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, Thanks thank so you. Much.